This is Paul. And what? And you are listening to Father Son 49ers Talk, where we talk all things 49ers. Welcome to our inaugural podcast of the Father Son 49ers Talk. Today we're going to cover four kind of separate topics. The first topic we're going to go over is why we are starting Father Son 49ers Talk. Then we're going to move on to what is the overall feeling about the future of the 49ers. Obviously, the the actual topic of this podcast is going to be the 49ers and and our passion for the 49ers and what's going on within the team and the games as we go on and stuff like that. And what is the most exciting news you uh, heard from coming from training camp? So we're going to talk a little bit about training camp and then we're going to go into a little bit about advice for parents and children that live apart. And we're going to kind of talk about for right now, that's the main topic, but we're going to kind of talk about a little bit of family stuff at the end of every podcast, maybe take a couple minutes. So we're going to jump right into the first segment. So Wyatt, why did you want to start Father Son 49ers time? Well, I'm here in Mississippi with you right now, but most of the time I live in Iowa, he lives in Mississippi. We both have busy schedules and sometimes you get hung up with what you're doing and don't make time to call and talk. Uh, I'm Last year I did four sports between four sports, school, or I live on a farm, so I have to do my chores every night and everything else. It just makes for a hectic schedule. I feel like something like this forces you, not really forces you, but if you put it in your schedule for something more than call, it really, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, so so what you're saying is like with your wrestling season, your wrestling schedule, that's really the worst because you are at wrestling practice, you sometimes you don't get home till nine o'clock with wrestling mm-hmm. practice, and then you got to go out and do chores, and it just is hard sometimes to to kind of get together and and find that time between my school because I'm working on my master's degree. You're in school, you're doing you're doing farm work, you're in sports. We always try to make time for each other. But what we found over the years, because Wyatt and I have been a distant father son, had a distant father son relationship. Or on going on 12 years now and you're you're 13, soon to be 14. Mm-hmm. But what we found is that when we have something that we have like on the schedule that we're going to do, it's we go out of our way to make sure that while all those other distractions in our life are happening, we are consistently communicating. And one of those things that we've done, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. And that's what the end of the podcast is going to be about. And for me as well. So when we talk, Wyatt, we talk about the 49ers. That's mm-hmm. what we talk about that's a lot. At least half or three quarters of what we talk about every time. Well, probably half, yeah. Well, like during football season. And a lot of times not during football season because then you have free agency. You draft. have the draft. Then you have training camp. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And we go through and we just – we talk about the 49ers and one day I was like, man, this kid is knowledgeable. He knows a lot about the 49ers. We love talking about it. Why don't we just make it a podcast and make, make it put it on that schedule and every week we're going to talk about it. So we're hoping to do an episode every single week as we go through. Well, we have we actually came through and we, we came and we came up with three specific mission objectives that we want with this podcast. And the first mission objective is simply just to talk 49ers football and connect with other 49ers faithful. We want to go through and we love talking about the Niners. It's one of our passions. It's what we love to do. We really hope that if nobody listens to this podcast, I guess we really don't care because we're doing it for us. We're doing Mm -hmm. it because it's something that we love and we want to do. We're not, I was never a 
college coach. I played football in high school. I loved football in high school, but I moved on, joined the military right out of high school. Well, pretty soon out of high school. So I never played beyond high school. And Wyatt, right now, you're playing football too. What are you playing? Uh, junior high football. Yeah, but what's your position? Wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. That's right. And what are you playing defense? Uh, safety corner. Yeah, Same as every corner. other wide receiver. Yeah, well, not every other, but probably most. Well, how, how many wide receivers do you see line up as a linebacker? Well, I don't know. We had – yeah, probably. You're probably right. Yeah. Well, the cornerbacks, though, I've seen tight ends play cornerback. Yeah, yeah, I can see yeah, that. I've seen that. We're from Iowa, so I was a 170-pound defensive end. So that, that gives you any clue as to how Iowa uh, football yeah. works. I gained some weight later in life. I got up to about, like, 230, you know, but – but that was not while I was in high school. Yeah, so then uh, uh, that was our first mission objective, talk to 49ers football and connect with other faithful. So then our second, which is really why we decided to start this podcast, is to strengthen our father-son relationship by spending time talking about what we love, our favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers. We do it every week. We talk about the 49ers, and we figured why not just put it on the calendar and say we are going to commit to doing this once a week and making a podcast and it actually builds skills together so we're learning how to podcast did a lot of research about microphones i got to set up websites i kind of already knew how to build a website and we went through and we're still working on our website but we do have a website it's fatherson 49ers talk.com and that's father son without a dash for the website so just father sons 49ers talk.com and that is our website and we're going to post all of our podcasts on there and it's going to be a working progress. There's going to be more stuff on there as we progress and go further into the podcast itself. Then our final is to we, we, we're doing this because we want to continue to build our relationship. Mm-hmm. And we think that this is a really good avenue for us to kind of do that and branch out outside of our comfort zone and make that commitment. But also, we kind of want to try and help and maybe find to help others find creative ways to bring families closer together. So like we said, at the end of each podcast, we may look up a an issue that parents have, uh, parents and and children within their family, or however you have distance relationships and how we can come closer together at the end of each podcast. So those are our three main mission objectives. Okay, so we're going to go on to our our second question. Why? Mm-hmm. This is where we're going to specifically start talking about 49ers football. So what is your overall feeling about the future of the 49ers? I think we're headed in the right direction. I feel like we still have gaps in within the team. But overall, I, I feel like we have a solid – our offense is getting together. We need a little bit of work yet on the offensive line. But I feel like – I guess I'll get into this a little bit later. The Jerry McKinnon thing might work, might not. I have a few doubts. But – I feel like our wide receiver core is solid. Our quarterback is – I feel like he's going to be the franchise quarterback. Our defense has a little bit of work. Is he Hall of Fame yet? Jimmy mm. G, is he going to be in the Hall of Fame? Seven games Hall of Fame. Same, seven games Hall of Fame. Yeah, and uh, if he retired right now, he'd get inducted to the Hall of Fame. First yeah. ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, he would maybe Hall of Fame of <laughs> smiles. Yeah, right. He's got a smile. He's got, got some dimples going on there. Yeah, so for me, I absolutely agree. And it's kind of weird. Wyatt is a 49ers fan. We're from Iowa, and people are going to say, man, from Iowa, you're 49ers fans? I get that all the time. But if you didn't know, 49ers, we don't have a professional sport, not just football team, 
there's not a professional sport in Iowa. So we get to choose who we root for. When growing up, everybody was either a Rams fan, Kansas City, or Green Bay. Those are kind of the three teams, depending on what part of Iowa you're in, that people root for. But when I started watching, I started watching football in fourth grade. In the fourth grade, Steve Young and Jerry Rice were my two favorite players, which then just led to, over the years, I just became a diehard 49ers fan. I've just never looked back. But I will say this, that I grew up, when I started rooting for them, they were the best team in the NFL. Had Steve Young, had Jerry Rice. We were going to the NFC Championship game every year. I remember watching them beat the Chargers. I believe the score was forty-nine to twenty-one. Like I, I remember the great, a great period. It was the tail end of the great period of the 49ers, but that's when I started watching them. But for Wyatt, it was different. You know, there was I call it the decade of darkness. And it was just like these this dark cloud came over and it was summoned by the York family. And then there was one season where we made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we had this like little break in the clouds, and we thought that maybe we had we'd weathered the storm with yeah, the Jim Harbaugh era. It came back with the Jim Harbaugh, right? And then all of a sudden, Jed York said, "He said you shall not pass." And then he's like, "No, you guys can't have a good team. I'm gonna destroy it and fire the second most winning rookie coach in the history of the NFL." Because I don't, be here I don't have a good person. I don't have a good personal relationship with them. For a moment, I was like, "Why am I a 49ers fan? I've never been to California, but I just can't leave. I mean, I can't leave the 49ers. I'm so emotionally attached to them. There's no other team that I could root for that I would really enjoy and, and watching. Just actually spend time watching their games. Yeah, but I think that when we fired Chip Kelly, you know, York came out. He apologized. He said. I've really kind of ruined this franchise. He didn't say quite like that, but that's, I mean, essentially what he's done and what he said. And he came through, and I think he's doing the right thing. He has Lynch, Shanahan. He gave them, I believe, a six-year contract, and he just like, let them build a franchise. And I believe that we're in the right direction. Now, what you brought up with your concern, you brought up Jerick McKinnon, and you're saying potentially, I think what you're saying is sometimes they may have a tendency, that particular leadership with Lynch and Shanahan may have a tendency to overcommit to players that maybe haven't may may not have the actual talent that they're paying them to have. That's what you're concerned about, right? Yeah. Okay, and we'll get into that in a little bit later. But overall, as with all 49er fandom and faithful, we 100% believe the 49ers are headed in the right direction. Okay, so then moving on from that is what 49ers unit or player are you the most excited about? Mm, I would say just the wide receivers. Being a wide receiver, I personally like to watch wide receivers. And then we have a young wide receiver core that has a lot of potential and could end up being one of the best in the league, in my opinion, if they all – and if like Dante Pettis – I mean, everybody were to actually succeed, I feel like our wide receiver core could be outstanding. And I want to see what the relationships end up being. Does Jimmy Garoppolo find a number one receiver? Or does he just the open guys who he goes to in a big situation? Or like a lot of quarterbacks do, that number one guy in a big situation, that's who they're looking for. I personally hope that all of everyone pans out and then Jimmy Garoppolo does not pick a number one in those big situations. There's an open guy, give it to him, let him make the play. 
So you want a you want a number one type talent. But you want Jimmy G yeah, to yeah, throw yeah. the open or guy, not throw force to the it. open guy, not force it to a guy that's covered, and end up with a drop pass or a pick, or a pick and just. So we are the most excited about overall because we talked about the wide receivers and the quarterback, the quarterback is the relationship, the building of the relationship, the connection between the two. Mm-hmm. I believe that's going to propel the 49ers further into success. Because this league is a passing game. It used to not be this way, but it is a passing game now. It's between your quarterbacks, your wide receivers. You still have to have good running backs, but it's a passing league. Yeah, I would agree with that. I really would. And you can see that, you know, with Jimmy G and they've done a lot of work on the wide receiver core. It's a little bit under the radar for mainstream media. They really haven't seen the moves that we've made because a lot of them are unproven and unknown talents like Jonathan Goodwin. Pierre Garçon's a little bit different. Marquise Goodwin. Marquise, yeah, sorry, I said the wrong. Marquise Goodwin, thank you. Mm-hmm. Marquise Goodwin and then going through with Marquise Goodwin, Richie James is another big name that's kind of come up. We have some other other guys that we really believe in. Trent Taylor, who is a late-round draft pick. Okay, so then for me, who I'm the most excited about, not the most excited about, but who I'm really excited for this year is I really am excited for George Kittle. George Kittle is uh, – he, he played for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So he was on my radar in the first place. <laughs> Right. Kind of like <laughs> when, when we like CJ Beathard, um, you know, Plus. came through. Oh, he wasn't necessarily meant to be. No, he wasn't drafted to be the number one quarterback. No, and he the was position meant to be a backup. Yeah, and the position he was put in last year, I think he should it, have been thrown into. Well, they didn't intend for him, but Brian Hoyer just did not work out. It didn't work out, so they had to put uh, Beathard in there. But going through with George Kittle. You know, there's a lot of people that are high on him, but there's there's some really good reasons to be high on him. When you look at the statistics, I was reading, and I found this statistic, and I talked about his rookie year. But first of all, he had, for his receptions last year, this coming year, he had 42 receptions for 500, and this says 15 yards on this, but I read it was 546 yards and two TDs going through. And he, uh, when you start looking at that and you start comparing rookie seasons to other elite level tight ends, let's say you know, Jordan Reed, Zach Ertz, um, Greg Olson, and even Rob Gronkowski, this is where he ranks right there. Again, we'll read it. So right here I have 43 receptions, 515 yards, and two touchdowns. Rob Gronkowski in 2010 during his rookie season had 42 receptions, had 546 yards, now he did have ten touchdowns, but I mean, if you look at it, there is no court or no tight end there on those numbers. That I mean, the highest behind him is Jimmy Graham with five. Yeah, as far as touchdowns, because then you go for touchdown total. Jordan Reed is number three. So um, what you have is Robert Pouncey is number one, and then number two of all these names is George Kittle. George Kittle has again second best has second best stats for tight ends during the rookie season. Then you have Jordan Reed in 2013 had 45 receptions for 499 yards with three touchdowns. Zach Ertz had 36, 469 for four touchdowns. Greg Olson in 2007 had 39 for 391 yards and two touchdowns. And then Antonio Gates, you had 24 receptions, 389 yards, two touchdowns. Jimmy Graham. Right here, 31 receptions with 356 yards, five TDs. 
And then close, near, and dear to all 49ers' hearts is Vernon Davis had 20 receptions for 265 yards and three touchdowns. When you look at those stats, you're just you're just excited. You know, uh, George Kittle, he's reportedly he's gained a bunch of weight. He was a little bit injury prone, and that was with a bunch of injuries that he was working through last year. So he didn't get to play as much as he would have liked. But he's gained some weight. He's put on some size. He reportedly kept some of his speed. So hopefully he's healthier. He's bigger. He's stronger. We have Jimmy Garoppolo now for the entire season. And let's hope that he can really turn into that red zone threat that we need. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I kind of want to go see after this what how many uh, red zone um, attempts did he get? Targets. Targets. How many red zone targets did he get last year? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. I don't have that stat up in front of me, but we could we can definitely look at that. Mm-hmm. And he um. He he definitely can catch the ball and he can run and he has some some really good stats and he has a, he's a lot another of one of them wide receiver tight ends. Yeah, he is, and he can block too. He can block, mm-hmm. but that's who I'm excited to watch this year. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer to everybody's really excited to watch. But outside of the Jimmy Garoppolo, and then an honorable mention, I'm on my I'm really with you. I'm excited to see how this wide receiver core works out. I am truly excited to see that. It could be a big boom or it could be, I mean, it could go any way. It could be boom, it could be medium, and it could be a bust. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're right. We don't really know. I mean, we know how the 49ers feel about it. The 49ers and the faithful, how we feel about the wide receiver core and the talent that we have on there working with Jimmy Garoppolo. But it's only going to be a few more weeks before we we start to see it, right? Start to see what happens. That's right. Okay, so we talked about who, what we're excited about, but what 49ers unit or player are you the the most or the least confident about? So who are you concerned about? Well, first of all, I wouldn't say I'm the least confident with this player. I'm just really, really... Uh, apprehensive. Yeah, apprehensive of this player. I'm, I'm worried about Jerick McKinnon not being a big... I feel like he's more of a downs one and two t- running back. Mm-hmm. He's He can catch the ball. He can get around the outside and make plays. But is he big enough with that third and four? Is he big enough to just go through and pound that ball and get five yards and get the first down or four yards to get the first down? Is he big enough to do that? Another thing that you'd mentioned that you were concerned about is his pass protection. Yeah, yeah. Is he big enough or is, is he, he big enough? enough to stay back, help the quarterback, block just i'm not quite for sure with what he's getting paid i feel like he should be a bigger more of a dual threat type thing yeah before the todd Gurley contract he was the fourth highest paid running back in the nfl yeah which is a little bit deceiving to be truthfully honest when you when you start talking about the contract and i don't want to get into too much of next week we're going to do some salary cap analysis but you can see, even with the Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo contract, we aren't going to go over the specific numbers. But the same thing is true with uh, Jarek McKinnon and Jimmy Garoppolo, where the first two years were pretty well committed to him with salary cap. But after that second year, we really can drop him for very little loss in salary cap. And that's true with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jarek McKinnon. So it's a big number when you see it right up front. Mm-hmm. But when you actually look at the way the, the contract is structured, it's really – 
pretty pretty well done and that's prog Morante. he he is i think he's the best cap manager and contract negotiator in the nfl he he did a he did the con kaepernick contract and we had we had a bunch of outs in that one as well now of course con kaepernick restructured his contract so that he could leave the 49ers and he left a bunch of money on the on the table but prog Morante did a really good job with that but what i want to say i wanted to show you a couple things in terms of jarek mckinnon when we were talking about him and that is, you were worried about his pass protection. And with his pass protection, I wanted to, just for overall, this is what I wanted. I kind of found some stats to kind of go through and and bring that down. And what we were saying is, like, Jerick McKinnon, he was the fourth highest paid running back in the NFL when he signed the contract. Now he's the fifth because you have Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's moved into the first, so he's dropped down one. So Todd Gurley mm-hmm. jumped over him. But now pass catching and explosiveness. Or elusiveness. Everybody knows that that's that's kind of what Jared McKinnon is known for, right? Mm-hmm. And looking at this, you have for just some stats, uh, Jared McKinnon or uh, McKinnon himself. He was he had a pass and catch PFF grade of eighty two point four, which is the seventh best in the NFL, which is kind of expected. You could see that. So he was definitely in that top ten, you know, top tier pass catching backs. And that's what he was known for last year, yeah. for sure. So Pro Football Focus also ranked him at 40, 51 for elusiveness rating, which is even – it's above Carlos Hyde, who we had. He was uh, 45.7. But it's even higher than Todd Gurley had a 46.6, which is significantly higher. I mean, it, that's a pretty good grade. So he definitely has the pass-catching ability and the elusiveness that we wanted. But – for the actual pass protections, and I couldn't find the pro football focus number for this. I wanted to see because they grade all the players, and those are the elite stats, and I couldn't find elite stats for pro football focus. We we need to get that membership so we can see that. But I was able to find some stuff about his pass protection. And I, and I read right here that his pass protection, uh, in pass protection with the Vikings, he consistently handled much larger defenders and really saved his QB a few times going to so the Jags or the 49ers are going to appreciate him back there and there's been it's been reported that he's actually a pretty good pass protector and Kyle Shanahan was even quoted and then uh, was even quoted in saying that you know he he really sees him as a three down back but Kyle Shanahan when he in his quote he was talking about it doesn't matter if you catch the ball or if you run it if you convert that third down it equals more points and it doesn't really matter if we're throwing or running but now you're worried about the workhorse back kind of scenario. So can he perform when he's getting 15 carries or more a game, right? Now it's a smaller sample size. But in games where Jarek McKinnon had 15 touches or more, he averaged 4.5 yards a carry. Which I'm, I would be surprised except for the fact I would kind of expect it to an extent. Because as you're getting more touches – Sure, you're going to get caught up more times, but if you're getting more touches, there's going to be bigger opportunities for you to see that hole. There's going to be more holes that open up. There's going to be more big plays that happen with you. There's going to be bigger bigger runs. Sure, you're going to have more down plays, but you're also going to have a lot. So Carlos Hyde's average last year was under four per carry. Yeah, I, I, I could see that as well, but – so he's shown that with a larger workload, he could potentially be successful. 
Now the question is, will he stay healthy? Is he big enough to stay healthy? Mm -hmm. I'm really not concerned with that. I think that so Jarek McKinnon, his, McKinnon is really, I think that's the biggest part of the Fort San Francisco 49ers, the player itself that we kind of are on opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm optimistic about him. In my fantasy football leagues, I have him. You don't. Right, mm -hmm. so we're going through. I, I, I believe I, in him. I should actually, because if you think about it, being that pass catching back, speaking we're in PPR leagues, it would be a smart pick. But And Kyle Shanahan, I trust. This is what I'm going to say. When it comes to Shanahan, the Shanahans, his dad as well, in the selection of running backs, I don't know anybody can question them. And Alfred Morris, you look at like Alfred Morris and that kind of stuff. And they just they just turn running backs into gold. Now they didn't really do it with Carlos Hyde, but he wasn't a, a Kyle Shanahan selection. He was already there. But I think that Kyle Shanahan found the guy that he wants. He even said he didn't look at the numbers when he selected him for free agency to, as a as a potential target in free agency. He looked at the film. Kyle Shanahan looked at the film and saw all that he thought Jerick McKinnon can do, and thought, "I want this guy on my team." So. For me, the part that I am the most concerned about, or maybe the least confident, I, I don't know, I wouldn't say most, I would just say it's on my radar. Obviously, we have the pass rush. Everybody's worried about the pass rush. I'm really not that worried about the pass rush this year. I think that the the team, kind of like we did last year with quarterback, everybody was concerned. Man, we didn't find a quarterback. We're going into this with Brian Hoyer and, and Beathard. And people were really genuinely upset because we could have gone out and found some average guy overpaid and ended up with someone that's not going to be on the team for a long overpaid contract. Yeah. We could have got like a Sam Bradford. He wasn't available, but I like that type of talent to just, we know we're going to pay more than he's worth. He's going to come in. He may win a few more games, but it's just, we're going to, we're going to lose cap money. He's not the future. He's a placeholder. So what we did is we paid Hoyer, who obviously was not going to be our starting quarterback. He had no chance of really bringing it in. Some people thought he did. Um, I don't know. I wasn't super high, but I wasn't upset about it. We paid him basically backup money. We had two backup quarterbacks, and then mm -hmm. we found our quarterback. And that was, I think that was the plan the entire time, was we don't see a quarterback that's available that we like. So instead of overcommitting on somebody that we don't like, we're just going to find a suitable replacement for now, and then next year we're going to address it. Now, of course, who could have seen that Belichick was going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo to us? Nobody saw that coming. Especially and, for what he traded it for. Did you know that uh, John Lynch actually called up to Bill Belichick and asked him if he was willing to trade Tom Brady? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "What? Are, are you seriously asking me if I want to trade Tom Brady? Anyways, so you're going through it. So who would have guessed? Who would have guessed that Jimmy Garoppolo would have been available? But we ended up getting them. We moved on. It was awesome. Well, this year, when you looked at the pass rushers that were available, there just wasn't really any true elite pass rushers. There was a lot of guys that just had maybe done it one year, but it had you know a couple other years of just mediocre work, mediocrity. There was nobody, and even in the even in the NFL draft, there wasn't really anybody that was proven that you know you brought them in, they were gonna be that guy. But what we did is we found a couple guys that we think may be able to give us a little bit of production. And hopefully next year we find that pass rushing talent. So I'm really not worried about the pass rush this year. What I am worried about is the offensive line. And I really like 
the moves that we made in the offensive line this year. I really, really do. Weston Richburg is one of my favorite free agent pickups we had this year. He's the center. Obviously, we extended Joe Staley at a left tackle clear for two years. So we extended him an extra year. We have him for two years now, so this year and next year at left tackle. But that's obviously going to have to be a position that we address. Mm-hmm. Then we drafted McGlinchey, and that was – we were talking, and that was a weird pick. I was okay with it. Once they went and did the trade after it, I was okay with it. Yeah. It, it I, kinda, was, I understood the pick. Yeah. And it, it's very Shanahan-esque. He did the same thing when we went to the Falcons. He got his center. He got his tackles. And he came in, and that's he moved forward. And what we're trying to do is we're trying not to be the Colts where we have a an elite-type talent. Now, we're not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is elite yet. But he, he's on that trajectory. He has that potential. People see that in him. Now, whether or not he lives up to that is, is another question. So we'll see. But we think we have that on our on our, our roster. We think we have a franchise guy on our roster. Don't put him back there and expect. We want, to, we want to protect him. Now, of course, the big thing is, is do, are we really protecting Jimmy Garoppolo? Because when we went with McGlinchey, he isn't as good. right? I mean, his, his pass protection, is a it really wasn't weak per se. But – it is one of those things where they were saying that he's a much better run run guy, and that's why we got him as run. And then in the future, I think he can develop into a really good pass protection tackle himself. Now there is there has been some reports that he's struggled a little bit in camp, not struggled, but he, you know, you can not see performed. There's a as learning your first round pick. Well, no, not not that. That there's a learning curve. No, that's that there, there really isn't any negative commentary around him. Just that, yep, he's a rookie. That's that's kind of what you see. Yeah, he's a rookie. He has a little bit of learning to do, and we'll see what happens when the season starts for sure. And then, but our guards. Now, our left guard, we have Lincoln Tomlinson, and he he got a contract contract ex- extension. I can't talk. And of course, he he actually played pretty well last year. So we're looking at that. So our left side is pretty well worked out. Joe Staley, Lincoln Tomlinson, Weston Richburg, but our right guard position. We have two first-round draft picks. You have Joshua Garnett, which, of course, was our first-round draft pick a couple of years ago. And then you have Jonathan Cooper. And with Jonathan Cooper, he was a first-round draft pick that's been on five teams in five years. And they both have been injured in training camp. Josh, right now, the 49ers on their roster, their actual team roster breakout depth chart, they have Joshua Garnett as the actual starter for right guard. But he bumped knees in practice a couple of last week. And they one doctor said they think he needs surgery and he's gonna get a second opinion, but it looks like he's kinda of out. And he was to me, I think he was on a roster bubble anyways. He came into this year and it was his position to lose, and it kind of sounds like he's he has lost it. But do we really believe in Cooper to step in and take that? That's a that's a good question. I mean, we don't really know. We know that Mike Person, he kind of got it really, he's he got to step in and do some first team reps, and he seemed to have done well while Cooper and Jonathan, well, uh, while Joshua Garnett and Jonathan Cooper were were out. But I'm I'm really not comfortable with that. But when you look at the entire thing, we, we picked up a couple of pieces, and we, it looks a lot better than last year. But all of these pieces, except for Joe Staley and really Lincoln Tom, uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, are unproven. Lincoln Tomlinson, he's still kind of an unknown. I mean, he's he's done well, but we'll see. So that left guard, we're still like, well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, he. He's going to fill in there. He's probably he's a he's an average above average guard. He's about an average. But Weston Richburg, there's the concussion issue. 
So is he gonna? He had that concussion last year. It was weird. I don't know what's going on with the Giants last year. It was weird, but he uh, was weird. he didn't get to play, and he says that he was ready. But I mean, what happens? What if it was really a concern, and we we brought him in to be our guy, and then he doesn't pan out, right? And then we have which is possible. Yeah, which is possible. And then our right guard, we don't know what's going to happen there. And then McGlinchey, I mean, he's he's a step down in pass protection. He's definitely step up in run protection, but he's he's an unproven guy too. So you're looking at at least at a minimum three of the five positions are unknown. Mm. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm, I feel good about it, but there's a, I'm also apprehensive about that position. But for you, it's Derek McKinnon. For me, the guard – not the, just the guard, but the offensive line. I really, really want to see it come together. And the reason why I'm concerned about it, while we may have a couple other positions that may be weaker, is simply because I am really concerned about protecting Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt – the Niners, I mean, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right? CJ Beathard's going to be out there throwing passes again. Yeah, he will be. That's exactly right. That's what we're going to do for sure. We're hanging off the ball, one of the two. Okay, so now we're going to go into training camp. So what is the most exciting news you've heard coming from training camp? I'm going to let you go first on this one. You're going to let me go first? Man, the most exciting news from training camp. Well, I would say the most exciting news coming from training camp, obviously, I was talking about Kittle. I really like Kittle as he's coming in, and it sounds like he's kind of stepped up that kind of work itself. But the most exciting news for me coming out is the wide receivers, the way the wide receivers are coming together. Is that the same for you? Yeah, that's why I said let you go first because I kind of figured you had the exact same thing going on. Yeah, I really am excited about the wide receivers. It's been a long time since San Francisco 49ers have had a good receiving core. We had Michael Crabtree. Which kind of had his good season when he left us. Anquan Bolden. I liked him. Mm-hmm. He was good. But our wide receiver is coming through. Now, of course, Jonathan Goodwin has had that reported connection with Jimmy Garoppolo that has come in. And then... Go ahead. There's another receiver that I've heard that Jimmy Garoppolo is liking to see. Yeah, who? But not for sure he's actually going to make top three, though. Mm-hmm. Dante Pettis. I've heard that he, he is liking to throw to Dante Pettis. Mm-hmm. So Dante Pettis was an interesting kind mm-hmm. of – he's had a journey in training camp because at first it was reported that he really wasn't doing well, right? And now he's, like, becoming – Garoppolo's hitting him and he's doing well. It's like – I don't know. It's kind of like a mountain. He's like here, here. Hopefully, he doesn't go back here. Yeah, he started off. It was the connection really wasn't there. He was doing well in individual drills, but then he wasn't doing so well on seven on seven. And then he came in, and he's he's really doing well now. And that's I think that's important to come through. So, like I said, I'm super excited about that. And Jonathan Goodwin, Dante Pettis is the other one I'm really excited about. And like you said, he was he was coming in. Reported as probably the number four, number five. That's kind of what people were thinking. Mm-hmm. But we have. I want to see him get the number three spot. I want to see him go out and fight for that number three spot. So Pierre Garçon is our number one. Yeah, I said he was one. Kind of, right? Kind of, yeah. I think he's slotted that we way. We have two people that are fighting for the number one position, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And then Goodwin. 
Yeah, him and Murphy's Goodwin. Goodwin. Don't know which one really should have it. I think I kind of believe Goodwin was gonna. That's that's kind of what I'm like. I personally, I'm not taking Garcon in any of my fantasy drafts. Just I don't know. I'm not, but Goodwin. I truly believe in Goodwin, and I'm trying to take Marquise Goodwin later on in rounds. Well, it was concerning when Pierre Garcon came into practice, and then he didn't have one target. I think it was the first two days of practice that he was there. I don't know that I've heard that ever happened. Uh, your number one receiver. Well, I don't know that I've heard that he's been targeted at all yet. Been slotted your number one receiver and not got a target. But of course, people don't report when people start catching balls necessarily. They're going to report that he didn't catch balls. I mean, they, they're going to report if it starts to pop. Yeah, if he's first... actually like kind of like the Dante Pettis thing. No, and now he's actually getting constant. Uh, um, touches and well for the first two days i think it was the first two days it may have been just the first day he didn't get targeted at all which is concerning very but it's not super concerning when you look at you know what we have going on dante pettis what's interesting though is you're talking about moving moving in the third spot because trent richardson or trent taylor sorry trent taylor coming in he's slaughtered for that number three but he's hurt. He has a back injury. So that's why I'm saying he needs to fight for that number three spot because I would not be saying that if Trent Taylor was still in. But since with Trent Taylor out with a back injury, Dante Pettis has a chance to step up and really have a breakout. He could break out, have a breakout year. And I feel like if he did that, he might take this spot for Trent Taylor. Just all in all. Yeah. Be his spot. If he were to have a good season. Mm-hmm. Like he could claim the spot. Well, Trent Taylor is a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. So he's a slot receiver, and Dante Pettis is reportedly going in all positions. And I think that we need to. Well, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. With, with him is that they have him working in all the positions. So having him learn wide receiver, the wide receiver position, and the slot all at the same time is a lot for a rookie. They need so, to one or the other. Well, they want him to be an overall overall player that can play all positions. So while maybe his production may be kind of curtailed down this year, overall with him learning all of it next year, he could skyrocket. Now he may just get it and and explode. But does he get, if he doesn't have a good year this year, does Trent Taylor take it back? No, no. Pettis is, well, I mean, he take it back. Pettis doesn't, he doesn't have the position yet. True, true. If let's say Pettis were to get it, and Trent Taylor's back next year. Does Trent Taylor set his position? Yeah, I think that he may move into the number three. I think that Dante Pettis is going to – I think he's going to end up there regardless, and that's going to happen. If it doesn't happen this year or next year, it's going to happen eventually. It Dante Pettis is going to is going to overclose, eclipse him. He, we moved up in the second round to get the guy. He seems to be coming out. They say that his shoulders and his movements and the way he runs his routes are phenomenal. Hopefully it works out. I really do. I think that's excited. Now, obviously, looking at the wide receivers, there is one more, one more guy that has really kind of made some splash in training camp, which is Richie James. Richie James coming in, and we'll see what happens. He's definitely going to be, you know, in that later five and six wide receiver role. But hopefully he he works out. So I think that the wide receiver core definitely works out. So we both are in agreement that we are excited for the training camp news coming out of the 49ers camp with the wide receiver core itself. 
Now, what is your most troubling news you've heard coming out of training camp? I'll tell you right now. I actually had a different answer for this until earlier. I have a few that I'm really kind of concerned with. Okay, go ahead. Well, with our linemen, Mm -hmm. um, Joshua Garnett, him having that knee injury, it's kind of concerning speaking that, I mean, he was maybe had the spot to lose, maybe had the spot to gain. I don't know. Cooper just, in my eyes, I don't see it in Cooper as much as I do Garnett. I'd rather see Garnett there than I would Cooper. Yeah. That's really my biggest concern. I would say Trent Taylor, but – I truly believe in Dante Pettis, so, I mean, not really the Trent Taylor thing. I was thinking Trent Taylor until Dante Pettis started to make a splash, and I started to look into Dante Pettis. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of started to see everything kind of come together. And... Now, so the offensive line, that's your – Yeah. That's uh, definitely – I guess before, that's a concern of mine. But Richard Sherman has a hamstring strain. Yeah. And he's not going to be available for the first preseason game. That just came out yesterday. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Well, I didn't. I saw it. Didn't really look much into it. Yeah. It's a grade one. I don't really know exactly what that means. How severe that is for. the. What's concerning about hamstring strains is that he came back he's and he had that $2 million bonus to say that he was medically cleared before training camp. And he was by training camp and he was cleared medically by training camp, but that was several months ahead of schedule. It typically takes a year and it was like nine months ish from the time that his injury happened. Did they put him on early? Well, he came through and he passed the physical early. Well, is that hamstring, it's a soft tissue and soft tissue strains a lot of times come from overstraining with not, you know, you're not either you're, you're not conditioned well enough. So like, those muscles aren't being stretched, aren't conditioned, right? Did he come back too early? And is he going to perpetuate his injury by coming back too early with these soft tissue injuries? Hasn't he already had one hamstring tear? Hamstring tear? Or not tear, uh, his injury now. I'm pretty sure he's already had one, hasn't he? Not the hamstring. Oh, I don't know what it was. Yeah, it was Achilles injury. Yeah, so hopefully he uh, he's okay. But I'm really worried about that soft tissue hamstring. Um, it's just this. It's just soft tissue injury. All right, he's coming back. I'm concerned that he's he's gonna be too hurt to participate. Not too hurt, but just perpetual little injuries that kind of keep him out of this game and that game as we go through the year. A game here, a game there. Okay. Well, I think that overall, I think we are pretty well. Optim- we're pretty optimistic about the 49ers' direction in general, like everybody is. We've gone through a little bit of training camp, a little bit about you know where we we're from, what we've done, and we're what we're excited, what we're excited to see, what we're a little bit apprehensive about. Now, we were talking about why we're doing this is to help build our relationship as father son, and we're gonna get better with this podcasting thing and go through all this as we as we move forward. But one of the things we wanted to talk about is giving people advice. So for, for parent and children who are separated by distance, and like I said, we've been doing it for 12 years now, which is a long time. You know, why it's 13 and uh, I come home and, you know, we obviously see each other, but when you're apart, it can be hard. Anybody that's had any type of long distance relationship, either 
with a significant other or with a child, it is difficult at times to, to kind of keep that going. And, and, um, you know, life gets in the way and deployments get in the way and all kinds of crazy, crazy things. Right. Mm -hmm. But what, what we have found works again is finding something that you can do together. Mm -hmm. And we've done that a couple different ways. So what was, what's one way that you liked? I mean, just we'd find like different board games that were online or like battleships through FaceTime or something like that. Just something like. Yeah. Battleships is, but look, we literally bought, I bought a battleship and sent one to him and we would play battleships. We just bring up our video chat and we play battleships because you're not supposed to see the other person's board anyways. Right. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We did a morning routine for a long time. Where in the morning, the first thing that you do is, you know, some sort of meditation. It doesn't have to be a meditation. It could be like reading um, the Bible or, or whatever people do. I do meditation um, and then uh, read and journal. There's a couple of things I did, but that's mainly what we did for you was uh, read, journal. And then what else did you do? Did you do? You didn't do meditation. Mm-mm. No, mostly reading and journaling, right? So you would read and journal first thing in the morning. And then we would talk about it and send each other text messages or call each other in the morning and be like, hey, I just finished mine. Oh, and gratitude. We did a, a gratitude journal. So yeah, yeah. three things we were grateful for. And that really did help. I mean, that was that was really beneficial for us. So start the morning off. Board games. Good. Yeah, start the morning off good. It's a, it's a good way to connect with each other and kind of keep each other updated. Like, hey, this is what I was grateful for today. And this is what I put in my journal or what I read. And then you go through and then board games we we definitely like playing board games and there's some online games and stuff that we we found one leverage that poor dad game that was really what we got to work online the best and the most you could do like checkers or chess and work online yeah chess is a really good one and we we've thought about chess uh but we keep on not doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> oh we should play chess um yeah, we never get, we never really have committed to that one yet. But I do like to play chess. We need to do it for sure. Maybe maybe before you go back home, we'll find like a site and we'll get that worked out. Yeah. And then right now, like what we're doing, you have a little bit older child, a podcast, whatever you guys have common interest. Maybe it's cars, whatever it is. And then you guys could just do a podcast together. You can go through and have some sort of project that you're working on together. And I think that really is beneficial for everybody. Okay, do you have any last parting thoughts? Is that mm-hmm. no? Okay, well, that is our first podcast, everybody, and this is the Father-Son 49ers Talk. We hope to, we're going to be doing this podcast once a week, and we're going to do this all the way through the season, and I would say that we would commit to a specific day, but we're still working that out, why it's going to have, he's he's starting football, we've got to work out where his practice schedules with his games wrestling and that kind of stuff. Wrestling season's going to be the hardest. Yeah, wrestling season's going to be hard, so our days may switch throughout the year, depending on what Wyatt's schedule is. Hopefully it'll work out. And uh, we are going to get it done once a week, but it may have to be on the weekend. So we don't have a dedicated day, which I know is not exactly ideal. But we're going to work that out as we go. We're going to get one once a week in there for you guys. Thank you for listening, and I hope you guys have a great day.